0: Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's Uh, wisdom. Today's topic is titled Stop Hiding. Stop Hiding. So we've been journeying with Moses, right? Moses is our example of a yielding believer that we've been using as we've been going through this and studying this and looking at what that looks like as a yielding believer, right? And he is such a great example. Uh, And I believe even more after going through this preparation for today's call, he is such a real example to many, many of us. I know he was for me like I saw myself in the mirror as I was getting ready for this call. Um, but just to recap just a little, during, um, as a yielding believer, we go through what's called a maturation process, I believe. And that maturation process is where the mind of that yielding believer is being renewed. It's being renewed to align with the mind of Christ, whose steps in which the yielding believer is walking in, right? So when we talk about walking in steps, Let's be clear that that is not speaking about a physical imitation of our behavior or any geographical location. It is referring and speaking to the condition of our souls, right? Our soul is the mind, will, and emotions because as a believer, our soul is our most valuable asset. It is what the enemy is after anyway for all of us as humans, right? But those of us that have become believers, he is angry at that and he is out to capture and regain our souls. But once our soul has been sealed through salvation, that is already taken care of. But now we get to determine what type of rewards or uh things will be in heaven for us, right? Because there is going to be a judgment for believers, whether you want to hear that or not. But the thing, the difference is we've been saved from death. Our soul does not go to hell. But we do get to decide what type of things we get to live with. But that's a whole other theology for you to kind of get. But I'm giving you something, so maybe I might strike you or ignite you to go do some studies of your own to get real clear. So we understand that our soul is our most valuable asset. And as a yielding believer especially those of us in leadership and in business, the reason that it is so concerning for us to be mindful of this, because everything we do requires our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. It is not separate, there's no separate categories, you can't have part over here and part over there, you're one, right? Bible tells us we can't be divided, right? We gotta either be hot or cold, not lukewarm, ain't no middle, right? You gotta choose a side. And so when you've decided as a believer, and now you're in, a marketplace ministry, your job is to ensure that your mind, your will, and your emotions are lining up with the Word of God, because as a believer and a yielding believer, one who is daily yielding to the Word of God in your, in your thinking, in the desires of your heart, and in your emotions, you are lining those things up to follow in the steps of Jesus himself, okay? So understanding that, this today about stop hiding Where I was continuing to study Moses, Moses as a yielding believer was given an assignment, right? He didn't ask for it, (laughs) but he had a stirring up in him in his younger years, which was a desire placed in him, I believe, by God through the Holy Spirit, right? It was placed in him to have this passion and this desire to see the Israelites delivered from their captivity. Now, some say that he moved ahead of God, but personally myself, I like to believe he just followed the path that was already designed for him, because I do believe as God gets ready to prepare us through quietness and through, to develop the confidence that's needed, right, he'll take us and put us in quiet places. So I think that whole killing led Moses to be put way Away from the people so that God could deal with him. He could be strengthened and prepared. So lots of times when we get ready to be put in a place where God is elevating us to lead people, sometimes the first thing that happens is he draws us out. He draws us away from people because he has to put us in a place of quietness in order for him to be able to strengthen us. Right, So now that confidence through our trust in him, we get to know him in a different way and we get to develop that thing. So now when he puts us in the appointed seat, we are enabled to really walk in those steps. All right. So the part about the stop hiding that came out was looking at Moses after God had come to him and he tells him what he wants him to do. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 10. Moses starts with the excuses. He starts giving excuses to God about why, not me, I can't do this. He starts to hide behind several factors. There's five that I pulled out, right? There's five things that Moses hid behind in his encounter with God after God called and told him what he wanted him to do. So in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Come now. Therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That was Moses' assignment. And immediately in verse 11, here it is. But (laughs) Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So right here, this is our first example of hiding. Moses hides behind incorrect theology. When Moses asks when I'm sorry, when God asks us to do something, we oftentimes become burdened because we start to think that God wants us to be a deliverer. Right? At that moment, Moses is thinking, God wants him to deliver the people. Right? But in verse twelve, God says to him, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. And it says, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. So see, God reminds him in verse 12, I'm the one going with you. I'm doing this. I'm just sending you because you have to be my legs, my arms, my feet, my mouthpiece. But I'm with you. Like, this is me doing it. And the, the where the incorrect theology comes, and oftentimes religiously we hear this, we say, well, God, help me do this through you. Help me to do this. And the incorrect theology here is that God's saying to Moses, I don't want to help you to do this through me. I want to do it through you. Like, I'm going to do it from the beginning to the end. Ain't nothing you need to do, but like I said the other day, Be the conduit. Let me do it through you. So when we start to accept that and get that renewed concept in our minds, that God is not here to help us do anything in our strength through him. He is using us as a conduit to work through and do his work. John chapter 14, verses 10 through 11, Jesus gives the very example of it. Go read it for yourself, but for time's sake, I won't. But he tells them, this is not me. It is It is the Father in me, and it is he that is doing his work, right? So if we can correct that first thought right there of not hiding behind incorrect theology, God is not asking to help us he does not need our strength or abilities. He doesn't need anything from us. Okay, he can start it and he can finish it because that's what he said. So what he is doing is working and doing his works through you. So you have to be yielding by surrendering and allowing your life to be his instrument. Okay. The second uh, place where Moses hid was that he hid behind insufficient knowledge. God encountered Moses' second excuse with truth. And his second excuse occurs in Exodus 3, verse 13. It says, then Moses, so after God had answered him, right, and told him that he was going to be with him, and here's the sign, Moses comes with another one. He said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? Right? Well, here it is. God says in 14, you say to him, I am who I am. And he goes on further, and he really breaks it down because it says moreover. And I like to think when they say moreover, God says, he said, look here, with a little more emphasis, let me get this straight in your mind since you seem to be a little confused. He says, thus You shall say to the children of Israel, that's verse 15, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me. So see, do you see where he took the answer that Moses said and he went deeper? He said, don't just say the God of your fathers. You got to give some details. Here's the meat. Behind it, because you are lacking too much knowledge here. So let me remind you and refresh your memory that I'm not just the God of their fathers. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And that is who has sent you. He said, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. And in 16, he tells them, go and gather the elders of Israel. He said, now you go get the elders. You go get the old folks, you know, the people that really know me and remember me. And you say to them, The Lord of God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me saying, and he goes on further and giving them this whole explanation as to how you tell them that you're going to deliver them and what this God is going to do for them. And the reason he goes to the elders is because they have more memory of the covenant, right? Because that is what God is speaking of, the covenant. When he reiterates Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it is the covenant that God made with Abraham, and that is the covenant on which they lived. So it is like, let me reignite this hope in them, because they know who I am, and they, at the time, which we have lost a lot of that in this present generation, but elders are always respected by the youth, right? They are the ones that guide their decision makings and reiterate certain things. So Moses hid behind insufficient knowledge, right? But God counteracted that with the truth, and it says it's not what you know that counts, it's who you know. It's who you know that matters. I don't care what you know, it's who you know, right? Because he knew a little bit, but it ain't what you know, it's who you know. So this is, this is it. That's why I need you to go to the elders because they know me. They know this covenant. It's been put in there, okay? So the third way that Moses here was behind an inferior self-concept. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 1, here's Moses again. Moses then answered. After God gives him all these wonderful things of what he's going to do, he comes back and he says, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he goes on further and gives him some instructions. In this place of this inferior concept that Moses was hiding behind, the Lord is confirming and reminding him that it is not who you are that matters. It is who I am. Okay? The fourth way Moses hid was behind inadequate ability. In Exodus 4, Chapter four verses ten. I don't know if y'all got tired of Moses, but by this point I had got real sick of him, but you know like I say I saw myself in the mirror, so I can't say nothing, I got sick of myself. So Moses then said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Here he is hiding behind his inadequate abilities. How often have we done that, right? But when God calls us to a task, he is going to enable us. He's not concerned with our inadequacies because it's in, his, in our inadequacies that he is made strong. He enables us to do that which he has commanded us. And the Lord's response in summation was, it's not your ability that counts, it's mine that counts. It's my ability because I'm God. Okay, and the fifth way that Moses hid was he hid behind incomplete trust. See, he already just said here in Exodus chapter four, verse ten, about his speech, and God answered him. But he gonna come back in thirteen, verse thirteen, and he says to him, "Oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send." So Moses is saying, "Send somebody else. Don't don't send me to do this." And it says in verse 14, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, okay? And so when he said this next phrase, he said this with some real, like, spice some attitude to it, like, you done got on my last nerve, Moses. Okay, he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? And he goes on and he tells him about Aaron. And he says, I know that he can speak well. And so at this point, God is now telling him I've got a solution because you just seem to be hard-headed. But what you're going to still do is you're going to be the one that has to tell him what to do, okay, because you're going to still have to say what I'm telling you so you don't get out of it, okay. But since you're insisting on you need some another tool, let me show you because I'm a God that already has what I need. So if God needs something, he's always ready to complete it. So he lets him know that this is not a request. Like I'm not I'm not asking you can you do this with the idea that you might say no. You are going to do this. Like this is what I'm appointing you to do. So what we need to take away, and I know I'm over a little bit, but I want to give you some tools and nuggets so even if you saw yourself in one of these five ways that Moses was hiding, you will be equipped to know how to deal with them. So when we say, I can't do this for you, God, what we have to know is that God is going to say, then let me do it through you, because that's the theology. He's not asking to help us accomplish anything. He's saying, let me do the same through you. Just be a willing vessel. When we say to ourselves, I don't know enough, God is saying, you know me, and that is enough, okay? When we say, no one will respect me, God says, man's respect of you is not important. What is important is that they respect me, okay? We say, I don't have the ability, and God says, my grace is sufficient. It is my ability that counts. And Paul reminds us as he says further, it is in my in, in my weaknesses that God is made strong. So understanding that God's grace is sufficient. God will supply all that is needed to accomplish what he decided to start. Okay? And when we say God send somebody else, don't send me. God says, this is not a request. It's not optional. So whenever you are feeling inadequate to do the things that God desires you to do, let yourself be encouraged by the ways that God met Moses' needs, counteracted his, and answered his questions and countered his fears. He reminded him that I am God and I am with you. We never know what God may or might be going to do through us. Our job as a yielding believer is just to submit our lives to him as instruments in his works that he is doing. So I hope today's wisdom has inspired you, encouraged you, that all of us face our ways of hiding. But let us stop hiding. Let us be equipped to know through these counteractive responses of God that God is always the supplier of whatever he has called us to do. He will do it and he will finish it. Just continue to be the vessel that he can use and work through you. So you guys have a great and wonderful day and we'll meet you back on the line tomorrow morning. Thanks.